With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Today, we're here to talk about why Nintendo's big announcement fakeout is coming really soon. Nintendo's getting into a very busy period. We have Nintendo Live mm-hmm. happening in a matter of days. Yes, we will Rumors be there. Rumors are swirling about other announcements perhaps on the horizon. Yeah, We're going to let you know where we think the big announcement action is going to happen or not. Yes, exactly. It's an exciting time right now. The air is electric with potential announcements. I don't know why I'm doing this most Well, now we're out of the E3 era. Again, free to do these as you please. As you please. Space things out. So Mm -hmm. uh, I imagine if I was a Nintendo employee now, I would be extremely busy and stressed out. Exactly, you'd be busy. You'd be very, very busy, exactly. Um, Yes, so that's gonna be fun. We're gonna talk about all of that. Everything that you hear, see on this channel is made possible by our wonderful Patreon family. Thank you so much for all of your support. Please join us at patreon.com slash Kit and Krista to keep all of this going. We talk about how great our Patreon community is, and we're about to give you a real-world example oh of my how incredible it is. This happened, and I was I was watching from the sidelines because they, they were just off to the races on their own, and I was so impressed by all of it that it was just... It just speaks volumes to our wonderful community. Yeah, so the community put together this amazing Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament, yeah. which again, to be clear, we had no role in at all. No, no, they didn't it, even. It just they happened. didn't want to involve us because they knew we'd be completely right. useless to them. It just so popped out of the blue. They were just um, doing it yeah. one day, but there were sixteen players. This tournament lasted two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a thread in our Discord that topped 10,000 messages. Oh my like this goodness. is one of this became one of the most active threads in our entire Discord. Yeah. Um and all the matches were streamed. We had live commentary. Mm-hmm. Um there were like special videos made to like, like get hype people hyped, yep, which yep. is incredible. Um I have to shout out um super subscriber Brewstash mm-hmm. for creating Incredible Bracket, which yeah. we'll throw here. Pikmin Sneezkoff also helped, I think, right. with all of this. Just It was totally community run. And to see everyone so excited in the community to, to participate, to cheer people on even if they weren't playing, that was so amazing. It really, truly just it, like, blew me away. Now, in the end, the finals were... This was a doubles tournament. So we had the yes. Shark Among Men and Mad Dog 5981. Their team was called the Mad Dogfish House. Very good. <laughs> they were going up against Jay Rando and Elite Peach. Ooh, formidable the, foes. The Elite Randos. Elite Randos is my favorite name ever, by the way. I strongly thought that Elite Randos was, would win because whenever we do any sort of a game competition, it's either it's, Elite it's one Peach of those two. Or Jay Rando. Right. Yeah, yeah, they're very formidable foes. For but sure. in the end, the Shark Among Men and Mad Dog, five nine eight one, came out on top. Would you call them the Underdogfish House? Oh, oh my hey gosh. Oh. 
That's incredible. Um, we said congratulations to the Sharkamon men and Mad Dog Five Nine Eight One. You guys are just amazing. Everyone did such a great job. I love that it was a doubles tournament as well. Um, yeah, it looked like everyone had a blast. We certainly had a blast, like watching you guys cheering you on from the sidelines. It was awesome. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that's <laughs> impossible for us to list in any sort of like Patreon perk write up. Yeah, but this is the sort of fun and magic. That we have together. Yeah. yeah. Created by our magical, beautiful community. That's right. Good stuff. Uh, we have, also in a matter of days, we are leaving for Here. the potentially yes. sunny Pacific Northwest. Hopefully I don't know. There are some fires. I don't know. That's calm uh, down, for, for PAX. We're going to be at PAX. PAX is happening. Yes. We have uh, quite the schedule ahead of us at PAX. We're Ooh. doing a lot of stuff. So we are doing a panel this Saturday mm -hmm. at 6.30 p.m. If yep. you're going to be at PAX, it's in the Blue Jay Theater, so we hope to see you there. It's also going to be streamed on the PAX Twitch channels. They yes. operate a number of different channels, so be sure to check which one it'll actually be on. Right. But that'll be a good time, and that's going to be the starting point for our episode next week. We'll include all of that, but we'll also have some stuff that we're going to record um, outside of the panel. Right. To give you a little, little extra if you already extra. if you already so tune in. We have one hour for the panel, exactly. So we'll, we'll just kind of have a couple. Certainly, of things. certainly never otherwise have a one hour podcast. We never, never, we never shut up for. Cannot we can't stop ourselves from chatting for just under an hour. Now, big question. I'm panicking yet. <laughs> The answer is I'm, I'm already I'm already panicked. Uh, that wasn't my question. I'm already gripped. It was with, it was related to to making you panic though. I'm gripped with. I don't know how big this room is. Here we go. I think it's one of the bigger ones. Stop though. saying that. I'm just gonna say. Already At this point, you gotta no, get. Stop it. You have to get over this. I'm not this gonna. Why? Because you never know what's gonna happen. I do think this is a better time though than last year. What time was last year? Last year was like in the middle of the day, like. Morning-ish. People don't want to come to stuff in the morning. People want to come to stuff at night. People are at PAX all day. They want to like relax. At This is perfect. End of the day, come chill with us. Live podcasts. Things can get zany before dinner. So what would what would make you more nervous? Uh, uh, Stop asking me these no, questions. No, I'm genuinely curious. A room that is like packed, like standing room only. Like we got to call the fire marshal. It is like so popular. And just brimming with electricity, or the room is, or the room is half empty. What would what would make you panic more? My knees just. Okay. <laughs> They're I, both on the I table. Feel, I feel like my knees. Every just every option is on the table. We have no clue what to expect. I, I don't know. I can't even. Both I, of them. I can't, great. I can't think of the answer it. is yes. Great. We Mine's are, are hot people. We are also doing. Uh, just prior to the meet and greet again, yeah. if you were at PAX from four to five p.m., we are doing a meet and greet. At Captain Alex's booth in yes. celebration of the incredible Kit and Krista Custom uh, Limited Edition controller. Yeah. Um, you don't have to have a controller to come to that. We'll just no. be out if you want to say hi, take a picture. If you want to bring your controller, if you want to like sign the box or anything like that, love to do that. Yeah. But most of all, we just want to meet you all. Are you nervous that your signature will not match the signature <laughs> well, on the I'm, back of no, the controller? No, because I'm sure it won't. Oh. I can't practice. <laughs> I try to make you on an nervous, iPad, but you definitely are not yeah, nervous at I all can't. about any of this. No. Uh, okay. You can also see Captain Alex's uh, incredible upcoming Cult of the Lamb oh my controllers, which I he has been wait. teasing and look great. The pin that he posted looks Where you can so spin it. cool. You can spin it. Maybe I'll give me one. Pin innovation. Pin innovation, pin innovation. Is, is happening at Captain Alex Industries. 
Kinovation. Kinovation sales all of bar. It. All of it is happening at Captain Alice's booth. Uh, and of course, Sunday, we are crashing Nintendo Live, no matter what. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. And the whole trip, we're going to be vlogging the whole time. Yeah, so. we'll vlog the whole thing for you guys as usual. Right, so a lot of fun stuff coming out Exciting. of PAX. Uh, finally, before we really get going here, you might be wondering, hey, well, you, you posted this podcast a day early. We did. There's a reason. There is. Uh, the reason is that we have Starfield. We have been playing Starfield. Oh, boy. And the embargo for when we can talk about Starfield is Thursday. August which 31st. Is, which is our usual podcast mm -hmm. time for the public. So we have just pushed this whole thing back by a day to yeah, make room. Because we'll have a nice meaty impressions video on Starfield. Yes. Which, again, we have been playing extensively. I can't believe that we were able to Why? start playing this game early. What a what an honor it is. Um, it's, it is. It's, yes. it's awesome. Absolutely. I'm so grateful um, that we're, we're able to do this. Right. But yeah, we're really excited to just dig on into that for you guys. Um, so yeah, enjoy the podcast a day early and then enjoy <laughs> yeah. some, star, some Starfield stuff. Exactly. Uh, so it is a packed week and the weeks ahead are packed to come to. Uh, cannot look forward to it. Um, we're going to get into our big topic here about the future of Nintendo announcements. But first, got to shout out our sponsor, HelloFresh. Thank you, HelloFresh. Yum. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I have a question for you. Oh? You are famous for the end of summer blues. Oh, yes. And part of that is because the seasons change and you gotta do, you know, different kinds of meal planning. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling it now? I bet you anything that HelloFresh has helped you work through that. Uh, I'm actually not experiencing that this summer for a variety of reasons, but I am looking forward to the fall foods. I do yeah. like the fall foods, and HelloFresh is starting to look ahead mm -hmm. with some of the fall uh, recipes that are going to be available. Uh, so this is the best way to just flip the switch, exactly. get right into fall. I love their seasonal recipes. It's the best. The other thing that's great is that it is so easy and quick. 15 minutes is all you need for some of the recipes. And you just talked about how busy our week is gonna be. I'm definitely gonna be diving into a HelloFresh recipe to just help me manage my time a little better. The worst part of my weekend is going to the grocery store. That's true. Uh, any chance I can get to not, not? do, not do yeah. that and deal with those crowds and those yeah. people and those crazies, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. So HelloFresh is perfect for that. Exactly. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50KitKrista and use code 50KitKrista for 50% off plus free shipping. I repeat. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50KitKrista and use code 50KitKrista for 50% 50 off plus free shipping. That is a good deal, and we'll put the link right over here and in the description below. That's right. All right. Okay, the future of Nintendo announcements. So let's start with Nintendo Live because that is happening the soonest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, kick happening this weekend in Seattle. They have been making a lot of updates to the Nintendo Live website. Right, right. I get a been... lot of emails from like the um, like the Nintendo Live. You yeah. register for the event, you are getting a lot of emails, right. I think, about the experiences that are going to be there. So they have, a, a, again, a quite extensive summary of everything that 
you know, they are claiming is going to be there. So why don't we, why don't we just start by going through all of yeah. that? So, cause they've, they've kind of broken it into certain categories. So the first, the biggest one is called experience zones. Mm -hmm. And this seems to me just like go play a game and, and right. but there but might be out. a themed area right. or some other themed activity exactly. for you to do. And that is exactly what we experienced when we went to uh, Nintendo Live in Kyoto. 2019. 2019. Correct. It, it's very focused on these kind of gameplay experiences with some additional, you know, lipstick on it. Right. So, for example, for Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is on this list, they're like, take pictures, you know, in the, you know, with the props and mm -hmm. with the trees of Animal Crossing. It's like, that's literally the setup that we have seen at different events. They had it at Gamescom also. They did, I wonder yeah. if it's just getting on an well, airplane. Well, that Animal Crossing was revealed at a PAX. Right. Um, that was like the last big in-person event that we did when mm -hmm. the pandemic hit. And so I don't, I don't think Nintendo ever got the mileage out of that very, 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 very expensive setup. Yeah. It was like dollar, dollar who's, signs. Whose basement do we need to raid? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doug so, Bowser, call the movers. Call the movers. Um, so I'm sure they're going to have that literally everywhere. Right, but let's go through these. So there's a Mario Dojo where it looks like you can do like Mario comp competitions with mm -hmm. like Mario games. Yep. Tears of the Kingdom with the big Link statue that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Kirby the Forgotten Land, Pikmin 4, Animal Crossing, Splatoon 3, Smash Ultimate, NSO Classic Games, and then we do have some partners and um, third-party games. So there's a, a Lego Mario section. There's the Mario movie van will be there. Oh, back again, yeah. The uh, And then on the third party, they all have Disney Illusion Island, Lego 2K Drive, and Just Dance 2023. That's nice because when That's we nice. in Japan, they had no third-party presence right, at all. Right. And we asked about that and they were like, well, it says Nintendo Live. It's a Nintendo event. So we got Ouch. Nintendo stuff. Well, exclusive. Like, wow, yeah, really? Exclusive club. It's the Disney harsh. Illusion Island setup that they had at the preview event that I went to oh, yeah. at Disneyland was really, really nice. Okay. And I was like wondering like, oh man, I hope they can use that somewhere else. Oh, good. Because it was only for like that small group of people that I got see. to go. So maybe they'll bring it to Nintendo Live because there was like cool photo ops and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe if I you promise that. to bring some sort of a prop, you can get in. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Okay. I like it. So that's like, that's like 15, I don't know, I'm just counting randomly. That's like 15-ish games. It's a yeah. lot of games. Obviously nothing that is not out right. already. And some of them are pretty like... Out, been out for a long time. Yeah, but I mean, plus. if you consider like they'll have, you know, a handful of stations for all of those, it's a pretty big mm -hmm. gameplay area. Yeah, yeah, just to come and the, So pa the PAX, so the Nintendo Live is associated with PAX now. It sounds like they've expanded the venue. Now it's in like two There's some locations. new buildings, buildings? Yeah, at I'm the curious. convention center. So I'm, I'm curious to see this myself because a lot of these instructions we've been getting, it's like, go to this building, go to that building. It's like, there used to just be one building. I don't know. It was getting pre-jammed in there. Yeah. So I'm glad they're spreading out a little bit. The PAX venue, one of the most confusing venues to it navigate so you will ever see. Yeah, this is why I'm always afraid that no one's going to show up to a panel. I know. You can't actually find the panel room, so, so there's that. Um, but, that. But that's just a good indicator of like, yeah, this is this is going to be a pretty significant space-wise mm -hmm. um, location. And then and then there'll be, of course, all the other visuals for where people can you know do pictures or, or do other stuff. Live performances. There'd be a Zelda orchestra yes. and a Mario big band. Yeah. Now, you needed the the, the warp, warp pipe pass. Yes, I now that I'm just a normie, um, I was like doing this sign up for the warp pipe warp pipe pass. Like I got an email that was like it opens at this time. I went at that time to sign up. The website completely broke. I didn't get to sign up. It was kind of a bad experience, honestly, because I don't know who like. 
it just, it was like buying Comic-Con tickets where like, it's impossible. It was just immediately gone. Immediately gone. Right, right. So that's, that's something else that I've noted is they're, they're being very cagey about what they're streaming and what they're not streaming. Yeah. So they just announced today that Victor Lucas of Electric Playground is going to be hosting Nintendo Live. I don't mm -hmm. know exactly what that means. So right. they have said that they're tr streaming some of the tournaments right. that are happening. We'll right. get to those later. Yeah. But stuff that would be awesome to stream, like these musical performances, not happening. That's big miss. Kind of a stinky situation because if you can't, first of all, you have to get a lottery to go. Then you yeah. have to lottery again to get into this. So it's like the people that are going to see this is really super limited. So that's yeah. a little bit unfortunate. Especially since when we were there, the mantra was always like, you need to find ways to go beyond the people who are there. Exactly. And bring yeah. that excitement to them, to the quote, home, home audience. audience. Yes. And if you're only streaming the tournaments, you're kind of not doing that. And in Japan, right. like they had a pretty they extensive stream streams. schedule. Yeah, and then they also did have the concert stream in Japan. I as wonder well. if there might be again Nintendo licensing? and music, some sort of illegal some hitch. licensing thing. Somebody I threw the book at this. The idea. lawyers. It smells like a lawyer. <sighs> smells like a lawyer. Uh, it smells annoying to me. <laughs> because I, I would a like lawyer to lawyer smells like again, like I'm sure somebody will film this. I'm sure like there'll be plenty of videos out, but it's like, hey, why not have the big official, the big official great, thing. great quality? Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we recorded it right off the board sort of thing. Right. This is, this is not going to be like a fish concert where they're like, hey, everybody, come in the back and plug your thing in. <laughs> fish concert. Okay? <laughs> this isn't oh, going to really be like that. Your age here. This isn't going to... A never been, fish concert? I've never been to a fish concert. I don't Lordy. like fish. Lordy. Um, they are also having a... This is, I thought this one was strange. They call it a variety stage, but there's only one thing happening. So what's the variety? They call it multiplayer challenges. Maybe it's a variety of so multiplayer challenges. You just sort of come up with a group and do some challenges. Okay. And if you only got one thing, I don't think you need to create a, call, a whole category, category for, it. for it, you know? The Japan one had a lot of like cool, it was almost like a school talent show, which yeah. I really enjoyed. They had like costume contests and, you know, someone came up and played the, the guitar. Like it was literally totally. like, a ta like America's Got Talent kind of thing. Which I thought was much better for like that type of variety show state or state variety state right. show. Um, so maybe there'll be some surprises like that, but it doesn't look like they've sort of announced it officially. Right. So then they will have all these Nintendo versus tournaments. So Smash, Mario Kart 8, and Splatoon. And these will all be streamed. Right. They're careful to note. Again, it seems to be the only thing from the event that is being <sighs> streamed. So I, I don't understand the rationale from that necessarily. Um, I'm just gonna call it here right now that our community Smash con uh, stream was better than it's gonna be better than theirs. Oh, stream. I'm just gonna say that right now. No one can make a bracket like Bruce Dash. Could be true. So I mean, they've been doing these tournaments for for a long time. Yeah, they're um, a little samey samey. Yeah, nothing to write again, home about. Got, really. Gotta do it though. And then finally, they are selling merch. Which um, Nintendo doesn't always do. They've done it. There's some extra steps as an event you need to do to be able to sell things. Yeah. So they're yeah. they're going um, and taking those steps to do this. They're, they're, it looks like it's mostly stuff that's just kind of branded with the logo. When we were at, at the um, Japan one, they had they had quite a bit. Yeah. Good merch. They had very nice um, merch. Yeah. And, and infamously, um, Doug Bowser's wallet was empty when you it had came no time money. to you pay. You had to buy his. I merch. had to buy it for all of you us. You had to buy it for all of us, <laughs> including Doug Bowser. What happened? <laughs> the moth. Flew out of his Literally wallet. Literally, <laughs> a fly flew out of his empty wallet. Uh oh, where'd it go? Um, but you bought us all of our merch, right. which we were thankful for. Um, I will. I will look at the merch. I don't know if I'm really super hyped to buy the merch. If this yeah. is, if this is all. Of this. I did get oh. my my fancy suitcase travel stickers. Right. 
at Nintendo Live in Japan. Mm -hmm. So maybe they'll have something cool there too. We'll see. We'll see. They did. This is also something that I my eagle eye spotted. Oh, Everybody free stuff. who goes gets a free <laughs> goodie bag. This actually doesn't sound bad. So you get a free tote bag. You get a collectible coin. Oh, I need the Did coin. you see that? You love yes. these coins. I love coin, 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 I want, coin. I want that coin too. Uh, you get Mario character pin set and an activity booklet. Oh, good. Wow. Hopefully we can do the activities together. Great, get my crayons. Um, and again, uh, they said that Victor Lucas of Electric Playground is kind of hosting the whole thing. So cool. definitely sounds like a very big, complex, it logistically. Very high production, um, I, very, yes, very I, I'd complex. I'd say, you know, probably a step below the E3 booths where you are literally building like this space entirely out. Right, right. But not, not far, far, not far from it. I don't think so, yeah. I mean, they, they had a very extensive sort of set up at the Kyoto event. I, I'm sure the bar is quite high. This is the first one sort of outside of Japan that Nintendo's doing. I know that they want to make this sort of a big thing, like having something that they can, you know, control and, and do whatever they want um, from like an event perspective and not be part of maybe like a bigger trade show is something that Nintendo, I think, it values. Right, right, So right. I think they're gonna try to make a big, good, good and big impression with this first Seattle Nintendo Live, and I wonder what that means, and if there's gonna be more of these in other countries, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it sounds really cool, and we're excited to check it out when we're there. Something I'll be paying close attention to is like who are the people going to this, because at the Japan one, like it was very interesting that it was a lot of like kids and families. Yeah. More than just you know, the you know twenty year old dudes who are into games. So yeah. somehow they managed to to pull that off, and right. I and I think that's kind of the ideal vision for this as well. I yeah. don't expect it to be like that at all, but I, I do want to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, that will be interesting to see. We did start to see like more kids at PAX in recent years, like more families at PAX. So maybe that can be like a spillover into. Nintendo Live, um, but that is truly like Nintendo's quote, like target audience, as we call it in marketing. It's an annoying term, but they they want to sort of expand right. outside of like the typical person that's playing video games into somebody that may be more casual. So, yeah, we'll we'll see if this this helps them meet that goal, but. Um, yeah, yeah, even on their their site on the FAQ, they have one that says, "Do I need to know a lot about games to enjoy this?" Right. People of all ages and gaming experience are encouraged to attend. The experience is designed with families, families in mind and includes activities other than playing games. Whether you're a lifelong fan or someone new to the world of Nintendo, everyone is invited to have fun if you can get in. Asterix. Do, do not enter without a pass. It's like the most PR message <laughs> right. ever. Um, they, they kind of wrote the FAQ. Uh, in a way to like, what what are the, how can we position this positively through the FAQ instead of actually answering tricky questions? Right. Because right. I was like, where's the thing about streaming? We're talking about what you're streaming. Nowhere yeah, to be found. Nowhere to be found. But it's like, oh, but, but let me tell you about parents and families. This you're is what love I love it. to do. Because remember we used to work on <laughs> FAQs for stuff and then some people, some, some people would literally be like, can we delete that? That question's question? too hard. <laughs> can we delete it? I'm like, I can delete it off the paper, but I can't delete it off the minds of right, the, the right. person from the media that will ask you. But if you want me to delete it off the paper, I can do that. We'll do that. We'll all feel better. Okay. Definitely won't happen then. Great. All right. The big question everybody wants to know is 
is this some sort of a Trojan horse for some secret big announcement yeah. that is happening? Are Nintendo just pulling the wool over our eyes with all of this They're gonna fam family, us. grandma, yeah. grandpa stuff? And then it's like, bam, Metroid 4. Day one, boom, watch the Direct and play all those games. Is that going to happen? I don't think so personally that that's what's going to happen. This has been you know, proven to be sort of a event where it's all about games that are already out and experiencing that, those games and sort of having a, a nice, like, just let's play some games and hang out kind of thing versus it being a place for new announcements. And they also said in this FAQ that... Right, in the FAQ, <laughs> this was one of the first, like, like when they announced it, this was in the FAQ. Yeah, Because they, they were getting ahead of this. Will there be new, new product, product announcements? Yeah. No such announcements are planned! Nintendo Live 2023 is first and foremost an in-person celebration of Nintendo fun for all members of the family. Yeah. Bring grandma. Bring grandma. Grandma. Whether she wants to come or not. You know, bring grandma her. could get hyped for a Nintendo Direct. Sure. Grandma could Grandma could, could turn up. Um. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah, I mean... It's just not going to happen. You know, going back to our discussion of Gamescom, we talked about how Nintendo wants global opportunities to make big announcements. Yeah. This is unfortunately not a global event. Yeah, yeah this is exactly. This is the North American installment of an event series that they would like to be global in the future, mm -hmm. but it is not a global event. Again, right. the only one that was global was E3. So... Um, in terms of there being some sort of a new announcement at this or something leading up to this mm -hmm. where there's something payoff of like, oh my gosh, now I'm playing this, now I'm playing that. I don't see it happening. Yeah. The, also, thing, the thing that's in, oh, please, go ahead. Oh, thank you. I would never cut you off. You wouldn't do I would, any I'm, such And I also thing. never have. You're so polite. Never once. And so wonderful all the time. Yes. I was going to say, also, as you get closer and closer to the holiday season, you just want to get people more and more focused on the stuff that you're going to sell them during the holiday season. So anything that can act as a dis distraction, um, we were talking about this again in our Gamescom video, I think Nintendo's going to want to stay away from that as much as yeah. possible. Now the thing that's interesting about this is the association with PAX, because yeah. before PAX, Nintendo had a big PAX booth. They don't have any booth this year, they're doing this. Right. And it was like, hey, come play the builds that we had at E3 and get excited for the games that are coming out right, later this year. Right, right. So, I mean, there was no E3, so maybe they don't have the builds, but that sort of forward-looking anticipatory coverage and hype that was built at a PAX seemingly is not going to happen. Yeah, and you're, I, you're talking about stuff that we used to do for media only, though. Well, well... They would often have, again, E3 builds on the show floor oh, for see. people to play. Yeah. There was also, you know, meeting rooms that we had where we would show yeah, people games. Yeah, we would show people, like, behind closed doors. Right. Games that were updated from the E3 build or games that were closer to coming out in the holiday time. Right. So, like, for example, do we think behind closed doors in a secret room somewhere, they're showing media Super Mario Wonder? Uh, definitely uh, a possibility. Yeah. I think that would be a good idea. I think so, too. I think that is completely distinct from whatever's happening at Nintendo Live. Exactly. Though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, we've we pondered our, this question ourselves. Why not do a Treehouse Live where you show off Super Mario Wonder to the... The masses. The, the, te the teeming crowds... Of grandmas. Of excited uh, Nintendo fans and grandma. And why don't you live stream that as well to the people who want to tune in and to something yeah. exciting? And that is a game coming out 
really soon this right. you know before the holiday season. That seems like that would be a great addition to your programming at a Nintendo Live. If you had one small little thing that was that was just, just a do little some gameplay, from right? It. Just do something from that. Yeah. Well, we don't know. We don't know. What Prob else. Probably not going to happen. But probably not. Uh, why yeah. not? We'll get to that in a second. But first, we uh, asked our Patreon subscribers what they thought was going to happen at Nintendo Live. So the question was, you know, do you think they're going to stick to what they're saying or are there going to be some surprises? 77% of people said it will focus on currently available games with no other surprises, just like they say on the website. Yeah. So people... Very reasonable. People believe And they've this. read the website. Good. Now, again... On the Nintendo Direct uh, um, expectation management, oh, yes. they often say, you know, for games launching this calendar year. They don't always do that, so mm -hmm. it's not like they always literally follow what's written on the page. Yeah. In this case, though, people seem to think they will. Yeah. 12% said there won't be a Nintendo Direct, but they will surprise us by having some unreleased games playable there. Ah. So kind of kind of what we were just talking about, mm -hmm. like maybe Nintendo, maybe you know Mario maybe Wonder Mario. Could, could have some maybe sort Mario of RPG. sneaky like presence. Yeah. Right. Ten percent say there will be a Nintendo Direct this week, oh. and some of those unreleased games they showcase will be at Nintendo Live. Oh, interesting. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Even Nintendo those... has done historically a direct in September. We'll get to that in a little bit. Right. But possible. Even those people. Um, do not have as much faith as the 1% who responded, Switch 2 will be there. I just know it. Who is this? like one person that <laughs> These people who are just it? saying a prayer. <laughs> it's going to happen. Manifest, manifest, manifest. Now, one person has already lost uh, a bet oh, in no. our community. Uh, like Pikmin Sneezkov had to take a bet that the Switch 2 would be announced at Gamescom. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Where our hair is not pink, so there we uh, go. Uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're scot-free here. Scot-free. Right, clean as can be. Um, let's look at some of these comments. Kyle LaBeouf says, Nintendo is all about expectation management, and they've gone through great lengths to remind everyone that this event won't be focused on upcoming games. I believe that the Nintendo of today is too conservative to exceed expectations when it comes to live events. Snozzle! Snozzle! So happy we got a comment from Snozzle says, I think if there was going to be a surprise, if anything, it might be on the stranger side of the unexpected, like the replica of Mario's boots. I like the way Snozzle's thinking. That's true. Nintendo is zany. I so like this. We could have, we get Mario's gloves. Right. I like the way. I like, could be anything. I like this. I like that. And finally, I'd be okay with that. Robot Penguin says the Switch Three will be there, skipping two altogether. What about Vesvet? I love the big brain stuff. Oh shoot, <laughs> I missed one. I can still read it though. Then that says, I would love it if there was some fun and something fun and unexpected there, but I'm banking on them doing exactly as they have advertised for this. I hope they do have some other surprises there, but I think if they do, they will still be for games that are already out or that we know about. Uh-huh. Okay. Can you read Robot Penguins again? Because you read it wrong and you, the, the joke didn't The land. Switch 3, three. will be there skipping 2 altogether. What did I say? You said the Switch 2 will be there skipping 2 altogether, which oh. doesn't make any sense. You well, really have a bad a bad I, time reading these comments, I've but really, anyways. I've really failed. But yes, we all agree, I think, generally, that our expectations are muted. Perhaps, mayhaps, there'll be uh, a teeny little surprise or two, right. but generally, is what you see on the website is probably what you're going to get at Nintendo Live. Yes? Now, some people are looking beyond Nintendo Live. Yeah, forget Nintendo Live. Let's talk about the real thing. 
going through their old calendars, yeah. crunching some numbers, doing data, in, intense math formulas, data analytics of about Nintendo the, Direct, the history of Nintendo Directs in September. Yeah, which there's definitely something to that. There is something to that. And the some, dates are a little all over the place though in September. Well, some people who are who are you know happening in the in the rumors community seem to suggest that a Nintendo Direct could happen as soon as next week. What do you think of that? I think next week is too early. Really? I do. I do. You think it's not? Uh, what makes it too early? I, I think they just maybe want like one. Well, you know what? Let me think about this. Now, I, you, I'm you, you myself into this. You typically operate with a lot of denial when it comes to Nintendo Directs. <laughs> Like they, the last one that I was not here for, you were you were you were deep in denial. You well, refused to acknowledge. Well, I didn't want to do it without you. That's called denial. Well, it's your fault then. <laughs> but it happened. Okay, hold on. Let me think this through. Okay, so next week I'm gonna look at a calendar. Right. So here we go. We're gonna analyze. It's like this. September we're really gonna analyze fourth, fifth, the week of. Okay, so we. we so are September fourth is Labor Day. It's a yeah, holiday that's a in the holiday. United States. Um. So maybe you're, people are saying the week of the 4th at some Announce point. Announce it on the 5th for the 6th or on the 6th for the 7th. Yeah. Could happen. Could happen. You know what? I take that back. It could happen because maybe they're trying to say like, trying to do a thing where, you know, we're coming off the high of PAX and Nintendo Live. People are thinking about Nintendo yeah. after the big event, even if there's nothing new announced there. People had a good time. Grandma is happy. Grandma's ready to react to a live Nintendo Direct. Um, so yeah, you know what? I take that back. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I think it is as well. And yeah, I think they just see those as two completely different things where it's like, yeah, this is doing a fun thing for the, you yeah. know, the, the market in the U.S., but now we have this big global thing that's going to yeah, come up. Keep and, the Nintendo hype hot. Right, because you know? again, we, we talked about this I mean, two weeks ago, we were saying, wow, Mario Wonder's coming out in two months. Now, t now we're two weeks into that, so it's like a month and a half. we got to get the hype train going on this yeah, game. Yeah, Mario Wonder, they need to really... We can't wait too long. they get got to get going. The pre-orders so, will not wait for anyone. So some scenario... Let's, let's, let's play this out. Okay, I'm where, the calendar. Um, media attending PAX and Nintendo Live... They see it behind Come to doors. our meeting room. We'll show you Super Mario Wonder. Yeah. The embargo is matched to a, to a, a Nintendo Direct, direct that happens... The following week on Thursday. On the 6th or the 7th. That could happen. That could that happen. That is very Nintendo. We now have there, done that before. There are also people... That pre-screen a Direct... Uh, I was going to say something else, actually. Oh, okay. But that's that's also that's a, possibility. a possibility. You could pre-screen the direct if you wanted to do that. Media there, they've done that before. Now, people have been uh, noting that a lot of high-profile media and content creators have been visiting Nintendo New York recently. Uh -huh. Is there anything to that? I don't know. It could just be a coincidence. It could be a coincidence, but, but it could be because they can't go to the West Coast for PAX. Maybe they're trying to get them to yeah. do, to get to get that same experience Possible. and cover all of your outlets. Possible. Across the... I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't know if that... I don't know. I don't know if there's any significance to that. I don't know. Um, there were some rumors about, like, potentially GameCube stuff. Like, there was, like, some rumblings about Well, that, that was recently. the thing. That was the thing also. Was, like, the rumors were more than just, hey, I'm hearing there might be a Nintendo Direct. It was like... There was more like... It, and here's, here's what it what could be. Could, it could be, yeah. Right. Like, 
got it. When there's smoke, there is fire. Like people guys. were saying, like, oh, it might have a big Mario theme. Like, yeah, that makes sense. And like, oh, there might be some GameCube games. It's like, well, this Metroid Prime Two thing has been it's been rumored for so rumored long. for a while. Yeah. And you yeah, know, our, exactly. our good friend Jeff Grubb was talking about that for so months, long. months now. And that, so that's got to be. I mean, they, those, they saw the, such success with the first. All that. All that seems plausible. Very plausible. All that seems plausible. So yeah. I'm glad you you I've dug yourself this, out of you the guys. pit. I've, of denial. I've come around. It could be the week after, too. The week of... We could. Yeah. I am going on vacation starting on the 18th. So if Nintendo... Do you just want to read off your calendar to the good people? You're, you're, deep, I'm you're deep in your to-do to. list right now. I'm happy to. Um, but if Nintendo... If, if you could please just have the direct before then, before I leave, that'd be fantastic. Thanks. Thank you. I would appreciate that. Who said you needed to be involved? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I like to be involved. I'm not in denial about anything. I like My eyes are involved. open. <laughs> <laughs> open your mind. Open your eyes. Open your mind. The bigger the brain takes, the better. Okay, great. So, I think we're, we're, we, we've, we've come around on I think we've really charted things. out the course of what could happen over the next two to yeah, three weeks. Yeah, how exciting. I love this. Again, this is why I said at the top, if I worked at Nintendo right now, I'd be, be incredibly busy. stressed out. Be really busy, yeah. And this I is wouldn't really like the, it. This is really the start of the busy time because, you know, leading up to the holiday, you got tons of launches to work on. There's so much to do. So deep breath if you are at work and toiling away in your email jail because it's going to be like that for probably that three, four months. So deep breath. A lot of, uh, did you see my email? Oh, when did you send it? One minute, 30 seconds ago? Well, I was in the bathroom. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> or you need to do this task by 9 a.m. tomorrow. Oh, by the way, I sent you an email at 11 p.m. It's 11 p.m. It's 11 p.m. right now. But you need to do this by 9 a.m. Have this tomorrow. done so, by 9 a.m. Um, I'll Thanks. see you at 9. Bye. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, let's get on to our story time, which is, this is going to be... Part one of a two-parter, but the, but the part two may not be happening next week because we have the big PAX episode. Yeah. So we yeah. might have to find... Uh, and part two is... I don't know. Part two may be like some group therapy because <laughs> part, some, something happened in part two that I think you and I need to hash out still. Oh, all right. Fine. Okay. So that part one, good. though. Part one. Uh, part one. I wouldn't say this is the lighthearted uh, half of it. The it, whole thing it, could, sounds like it could have been lighthearted, but we really had some some dicey times. So we went on a trip in, I think this was 2018? I think so too, yeah. To New York, you and I did, to do two things. Uh, we were going to film the Nintendo Minute shopping spree video at Nintendo New York. And this was part two of that video. Right. We had done one at the Not the one store. where you freaked out. Uh, it was the one where you lost because you lost them all, to be clear. Yes. <laughs> Had to just scoreboard for the people, oh, keeping no. keeping track at home. This was the famous cash money. What? <laughs> that is an all-time like I look completely <laughs> befuddled. Cash money. What does, what does that, that mean? mean? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it means. What are you talking about? I was just like, I was completely like... <laughs> My brain was blank. My mind was blank. I could not, like, process. You know exactly what it means. I looked at that piece of paper like it was a different language. It was unbelievable. I don't know why. Producer I had, like, Hannah was, like, speaking to you in code or something. I literally <laughs> melted down in that video. Well, this is why you lost. And that's exactly why. Uh, the other thing we did was we did an event at, also at the Nintendo New York store for Super Mario Party, that's which right. is a game that we were both working on. Why are we working on that game? That's so weird. Because it was a game that was coming out. 
I know, but that were we were we assigned still, to. You were still doing PR stuff at the time. I guess you were, weren't you? There was, was a there the was last of your, there was your a time stint? there was a time as I was transitioning into the new job where it's like well we need to find the other person to do your old job so you get to do both jobs that happened to me too for six to eight months I did my I, I did like, two jobs what? too because I I also did the same thing I yeah. like moved to a new job but they couldn't backfill me so that so wasn't I just did two jobs that wasn't that particularly was great so that's um, that's what that was you were doing both yes I was like this is an event that you probably wouldn't be involved in these days. Uh, well, I was very loosely involved, so we, we had an, we had an interesting um, arrangement for that one. We did. This is the best. Which was like, hey, I'm I'm doing two jobs now, and I I really dislike event planning, and the event was also for like kids and parents. Yeah. Which you are not uh, a kid lover, let's just say. Yeah, not to offend anyone, but I'm not the best. Shockingly, a person that worked at Nintendo and that has a family-friendly podcast, I'm not like a super, I'm not really great with kids, let's just say that. Um, it's, not, it's not the kids, it's me, honestly. Um, but anyways, I, so I didn't really want to attend this event, right. I guess, because there was gonna, it was gonna be overrun with children and I was gonna be like, it would it would have not been good for me. So we struck a deal. We struck a deal, like a back like a backroom deal, mm -hmm. where you were really pissed. I was like, I will handle all of the event planning. I'll do everything leading up to the event. But once we get to New York, I don't attend the event. It was such a great deal for it me. It was perfect for me too. <laughs> it's I'm a win-win. So, it's really it was a win-win-win, yeah. honestly. Um, <laughs> it was perfect because I actually really love event planning, and oh. I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty good yeah, at it too. Yeah, definitely. So it was easy for me to plan it, no problem. Oh, good. And um, and I didn't want to show up to it because yeah. So you showed up to it and just like sort of watched over the event as it happened. Right. I. Got a beautiful breakfast. What was it? You, you did... Uh, I did an aerial air yoga class. I, either... I love aerial yoga. It's what is aerial yoga? Please it's tell us. It's basically yoga, but with these long, like, silks. And there's a lot of, like, flipping and twisting. And you're, like, upside down a lot. I was a gymnast for a long time, so I really love, like, any kind of acrobatic stuff. And there's a great aerial yoga studio in New York City that I love, that I usually go to only when I'm in New York City. And that was what I did during the hours of, there was like a three hour event or something. I went and like got a nice breakfast. I went to the aerial yoga class that I booked with like my favorite instructor. I got like a juice afterwards. I took a nice walk. I was like, this is the best day ever. So yeah, it was the perfect, it was a perfect deal. It great. worked out great. Um, so yeah, and then after that we, we, we met up again and we hung out for a while and then we, we came back in the evening to shoot that vi the Nintendo Minute after yeah. the story closed. So it was yeah. kind of a long day. It was a really long day. But anyway, um, getting there was a bit stressful. So you know, these flights from San Francisco to New York, they're very long. Oftentimes mm -hmm. you got to get up really early because yeah. you got the time you lose the difference. Time. Yeah. So it's like, well, you know, get on an 8 a.m. flight and you land and... At like five. JFK at like four or five, and then yeah. you've got the hour and a half of the worst taxi That's ride of your life. That's the worst taxi like, ride. <laughs> jerking, stopping, jerking, smells traffic. weird. traffic. You go by the Jamaica Hospital, right. and you think your life is going to end. <laughs> the Lincoln Motor Lodge. The Lincoln Motor Lodge, and Ma then you're like, not the, even close. Imagine the bad things that are you happening there. You haven't eaten all day. Right. You're hungry and cranky, and you <laughs> smell like the airplane. It's not great. Anyways. Right. So we were on one of those. Uh, seated next to each other on the plane and we get into you know the last hour or so and it's like great we're excited to get off this plane get going wait a sec 
second though. The before that, even it was like really dicey. You're confused. This is that was something. That else. was something else. Yes, oh, this is that was a different flight times? to New York. Okay, never mind. Okay, okay, continue. But yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be about that time where you would do the descent, and uh, we start going down a little bit, and it seems fine. And then the captain comes on. He's like, "Everybody, we got a little, little uh, mechanical problem." It's like, oh. <laughs> Well, those are words you don't really want to hear, but okay, what Especially is it? Especially when you're about to land. Yeah, what is it? So the uh, landing gear is not coming out when we hit the button. Uh, we're going to try some stuff. Uh, let's show what we figure out. They always the, go like The yeah, way they talk. They yeah. Go, uh, yeah. And it's always like a really long pause. I'm like, and I yeah. question, I'm like, do you know what you're doing? Are you sure you understand how to fly this plane? Are we going to die? So they, they start, the so they're circling. As they time. try to figure out how to get the landing gear to come out. Mm. Um, eventually, I, you run out of fuel. I wouldn't say... What? That's not what happened. I know, but eventually Oh, you eventually will. you would. Well, well, so I remember there was like Water a similar situation, like a JetBlue. Is JetBlue still around, by the way? I don't think they are. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they shuttered in the They plane. had something like that happen where only the back landing gear came out. And oh. they had to do a landing where they just skidded. And I remember watching that on the TV from an airplane. That's like, not a good idea. I was idea. like, what's happening now? <laughs> Hope that never happens to me. It almost did. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm like a nervous flyer. You're not. I it don't, used to be worse. I don't, I don't really love flying though. Because if you think about it too much, it's like, wow, we really shouldn't be doing this. The giant like right. tube metal shooting tube through the sky. the sky. Right. Yeah. No, so it's stuff scary. like that makes me nervous because it's like, oh, this is... This is, you know, the human error that can happen yeah. when you put your life in this thing's hands. You don't even go on roller coasters, let alone you shouldn't be right. on an airplane. Now, when I heard this announcement, I got nervous. You seem to have no reaction at all. Well, I was like, it's, 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 like, it's going to be fine. What kind of medication had you put yourself on Nothing. for this flight? My thing is that... 19 like, Bloody Marys in the morning? <laughs> what was it? You can't think too much about these kinds of things. Or else well, you, you can think a little bit. Tie yourself into a knot. You can think a little bit. Not live your life at all. If you think too carefully about like everything, what am I going to do? I'm on this plane. If this thing goes down, then that's what it is. You're just like, huh. Anyway, back to Picross. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? And no, actually, nobody on the plane seemed to have any, like, sometimes things, like, if you get, like, bad turbulence, some of the people are like, oh. Like, this sort of stuff will happen. People seem, like, stressed out. No, it's like, eh, nobody cared. I'm like, is it just me? Like, you this, seem, can't think this to, seems bad. It's just, I, I think we were all thought, like, the pilot knows what they're doing. We're going to be fine. They're okay. going to figure it out. Okay. So, eventually, we stop circling, and we start getting into the descent, the home stretch. Yeah. And the captain had not yet come back to with any sort of announcement update. to say, yeah, it's been resolved or no, we're, we're just going in. We're going to, it's going to be rough, you know, stress, strap in, something like that. And normally when the gear comes out, you kind of hear it or feel it, you yeah, know, you yeah. feel like, oh, there's some resistance yes, on the plane. Yeah. I heard and felt no such thing. And again, you seem to be like, whatever, big deal. We're landing. It's like, did the thing come out or not? I need to know. You did reach over and like pull my seatbelt really tight. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my God, you might calm need to, down. You might need to hunker down for this. <laughs> and eventually we landed. Somehow they got the wheels out. They just didn't tell us. It didn't seem like they came out you at all. And it was scared. And it was fine. You seem very scared. There's a lot. There's a lot that can go wrong on a plane, but you definitely don't want to think about it too deeply is my no, point. No, no. So this was truly the start of a very chaotic trip. Yeah, it um, really was. Part two, 
gets even more chaotic. Yeah. Uh, look forward to that in a matter at least two weeks, maybe longer. I don't know. No, we don't know. <laughs> in the future. You might, you might be on pins and needles for a little while, and I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it yet. So. Really? I don't know. We have to, we, we, oh. we need to, we really need to work through this one. Oh, I think, all right. It Sounds might be fun. one of those podcast episodes where we needed like a better help therapist or something. Incredible segue. It's time to thank our next sponsor. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. There you go. Wow, thank you. Um, sometimes you're trying to sleep in your bed, but you just can't because you have so many thoughts racing through your mind. They're keeping you awake, stopping you from relaxing, stopping you from enjoying the rest of your life. This happens to me all the time. Like seriously, this is like a real issue. A lot like, of people I, have this. I know a lot of people have this. I know I'm not alone, but like I really do get this where I just can't shut off my mind. Mm. Cause I'm thinking, I literally have like a to-do list in my head all the time. And it, it can be very stressful, you know? And I think sometimes you really do need to have someone that's a professional that can talk to you about this kind of stuff. You, you really don't know sort of the mental toll this kind of like, you know, thought process is, is taking on you until you talk to somebody. I didn't know until I talked to somebody. Yes, it's like something like, is like bouncing around in your brain. When you talk about it, it has a way to get, get out. Some sort of release. And, and they're, they're going to provide you with like really practical ways to deal with right. it. Right. So even if it is a complex problem that doesn't have like a, an easy solution, that will, that will help you feel better and get you on mm -hmm. the path to resolving yeah. whatever it is. Yeah that is um, bothering you. Yeah, and it'll allow you to see a different perspective. Like when you're just in your own head, it can be a little scary because you're just like in an echo chamber of your own stress, you know? Right. So letting it out and having someone share a different perspective um, is really, really helpful. And they make it so easy. You take a quiz and um, you know, you're matched with a licensed therapist and you can talk to them any way too, which is great. Phone, email, text. Video, right. all the things. Very convenient, very flexible, very easy to fit into whatever busy schedule that you might have. Uh, get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Kit and Krista today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Kit and Krista. I'll put the link right over here and in the description below. All right, into the games we're playing. Oh, this yeah. is fun with Roman numerals for you. Oh my God, because... I looked at this and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so read read the two games. The games are <laughs> Diablo 4 and Armored Core 6. Great, you I got almost, it. I almost had a Good. reverse moment there. As we said at the top, we are not talking about Starfield. Look for our full video on that uh, this Thursday with some very, very deep impressions of everything so we played there. But we've still been playing some other stuff. Yes. Um, well, okay. We're, we're, <laughs> Start with Diablo. I feel bad. I do think we should go back to Diablo, though. I, I agree. I have a little time on I that. agree. So I think you you had a great goal in mind of us making it to level 50 so we can look at the Paragon I mean, I mean stuff. That's, not, that's not a crazy goal or anything. No, I we think were very great. close. I was thinking that was, that's great. We were that's super perfect. close. That's, yeah. It seems very um, reachable, and it seems like um, we're going to get there. We're like all in our 40s at this point. So, yeah, and that unlocks this new thing that I don't even know anything about. I'm excited to learn more about that. I do kind of like how this game, you know, gives you ways to discover stuff along the way, which is what we've been doing mostly as we've been playing through and leveling up and figuring out our skills and stuff. So yeah. I like that a lot so far. Yeah, the day the Starfield codes came through, the violence with which you canceled the evening plans to play Diablo I'm together not available for you. was <laughs> intense. 
I was like, this is be, never happening I'll again. I'll be playing Starfield from now until <laughs> I die, so I'll see you never. <laughs> um, something we did get into a bit more um, in the time we played were these things called Strongholds. Yeah, the Strongholds are fun. Which, uh, we did a couple of these, and they're sort of like above ground dungeons yes. where they're it, it, and they, it's kind of positioned as like a siege situation yes so we found one there was like this this town that had been overrun with demons what was the other one we did it was sort of a it was like a like these um great it was like a graveyard yeah there was like you had to like unlock the the different um skeletons like they would drop these like things for you to put into the altar right really right 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 yeah yeah so the game definitely has like a lot of different uh, riffs on the idea of, of a, a dungeon, of a dungeon yeah. or, you know, sort of an, an intent, a short, intense um, um, battle that you have to go through. I always like anything that has sort of like a siege setting or like a raid setting in sort of an, an enclosed mm -hmm. area. Yeah, me too. I, I like how it, you know, um, Assassin's Creed games has a lot of those kind of siege. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Borgia Towers. The Borgia Towers. Yes. I like the one in Diablo a lot because it's not super long and drawn yeah. out. Sometimes yeah. it can get like, a little bit like, oh, I've, I've been sieging this tower for like three hours. Right. Like, I'm kind of done. But these are like pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and you get some really good rewards. We have, we found like a bunch of like those Lilith shrines, which just like alters your... Um, it's like a permanent boost that you can get. permanent yeah. stat boost, which is awesome. So you feel like you're getting a lot of rewards for doing this like quick little side thing. And it's not really distracting you from the main storyline, which is, which is really nice. Right. So they did announce at Gamescom the next season of oh. Diablo, which I think is starting in October. But yeah, I, I don't think we're ready to say goodbye to these characters no. or this. I, I mean, I, I we've been playing it a lot. I think we've got to be getting close to finishing the main story too. And there's we're so in much. Three. There's so much of the map that we have not even like even unlocked. seen. Yeah. And that's something I was having a lot of fun with was just getting getting through the map. Yeah, you were really good. Stuff. You had like gotten all these waypoints before, so all I had to do is teleport to you and get the waypoint. <laughs> it's honestly kind of what I did in Tears of the Kingdom where it's like the first thing I want to do is just get this map Towers. in place and have all my fast travel in yeah, place. I get it. Yeah, I get it. It so, feels good. It feels good. Yeah, so I think once we get past the Starfield embargo and it's not like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything else. I, yeah, I'll that's feel the a, thing. I'll feel a bit more comfortable to um, like do a little add, add some other things to yeah, the yeah. You can like routine. multitask a little bit, right? Yeah, we definitely wanted to um, just give our full attention to it right now because we want to make the video for you guys, right? So right. yeah. So maybe we'll be coming back to Diablo um, in the future, but yeah, you you um, we got codes from Bandai Namco. Thank you for Armored Core yeah, Six. I have so I have not had a chance to check it out, but you have, so I'm very ex excited to hear what yeah, you thought. Yeah, yeah. I know this is such a weird sort of twist of events I think because I just never thought I would be like good enough to ever play a From Software game like I never mm. thought I could even get close to you know beating Elden Ring and then I did and I was like this is a new me <laughs> I'm a new person now <laughs> and yeah when they announced Armor Core um, at TGA I was like I'd never played this game before. I know very little about this franchise. I know you have played before. I haven't played it, but I, I knew of it. Oh, you knew of yeah. it. I don't. I didn't even know of it. I like literally knew nothing about this except that they were from the same developers. Um, and it, you know, on paper, it's a game that I would normally not. It would not be the first on my list. You do you know? like mechs? I do like mechs. Okay. I do like mechs. Um, and I do like you know like the idea of controlling something so powerful 
um, that pe- that part of it is really appealing. But I was really intimidated because I started reading some of the reviews coming out for Armored Core. Our good friend Jean posted this like pretty long kind of just primer for it, and I was like, uh oh. I was really nervous because I was like, this seems so hard. Like, how can I even? I think what I saw, what he was talking about was like, get ready for the gameplay loop where you're spending a lot of time tinkering with the mech. Yeah. But then once the game came out, I started to see people saying like, wow, I I can't even get past the tutorial. Yeah. So that was what made me nervous because I was like, I I know this series has a lot of fiddling around, but I, I don't know that I always associated it with like the souls level difficulty yeah, yeah so it is it is wow it is um i'm i got through the tutorial i was yes. <laughs> i was so freaking proud of myself yeah. i was like i can play a souls game you I, beat it I one can do this you can beat armored core 6 i can beat this game yeah um so yeah the it, it kind of it drops you right in you know to, to doing the combat like it's right. very combat for uh, which i really like it's, and it's pretty fast too right i love the movement in this game like I don't know what I can't put my finger on it I'm really bad at describing this because I'm not a game developer but there's something about the way that you move around that feels like very tactile like you're definitely in a mech it's like, like friction there's yeah stickiness there's maybe. stickiness but there's also this like kind of like this boost kind right. of like real like flighty kind of yeah um movement as well so the way that they combine those two is genius like I it feels really good. Like you're just like, you feel really, res- like the controls are super responsive. You feel, you know, kind of very stable, but also very nimble at the same time. Um, so the first part of the game, the tutorial part, you're kind of getting used to like the movement. They kind of start you off on some smaller enemies. Um, they teach you like different things that you can do with, you know, multi-targeting and you have missiles and a gun. And at this point there's, there's no customization in the tutorial. It's like, here's the thing you're using, right? That's right. Right, okay. Yeah, and you have like a couple of repair kits and that's it. And you can run out of stuff. Like, it, it, it's Bullets? Like, yeah. It's like your arm cannon has, is 30%. Is there any melee, like last resort sort there of stuff? There is a melee. Um, it's almost like a big sword slash, yeah. uh, which felt really good. Cool. And it looked really cool. Um, so you get through like the first part of it. It's very like linear. It's, collect these things, go and, and, and try to get a license, like an ID, because you're like sort of like a rogue mech, basically. Uh. Um, and you go and do that, and you're like, okay, this is going pretty good. Like, this is, this is not hard. It's fine. Um, yeah, you're like kind of getting used to the movement and stuff like that, but you're, you're it's not like super hard. And then you get to the last bit of that tutorial, and it's literally like a boss fight. And that boss fight was so hard. What was the boss? It was a giant helicopter mech mm. that's like, shooting missiles at you flying flying crazily you have a big boost so you can you can really like almost fly yourself but it's very limited it has like a thing a meter that yeah. goes down i was doing some crazy finger gymnastics to be able i was like pressing like three buttons at once on this controller and like my hand was like really cramped i tried i will say probably at least 15 times oh. <laughs> Wow. But I did it. At the very end, I did it. And then that, then it unlocks all the customization. Yeah. So you get like a bunch of parts from the big helicopter. Um, and then it, it takes you into like the mech customization screen. Is it um, Souls-like where when you die, you have to go back to where you die to get your stuff? 
Like, how does it handle dying if you're happy, if you're dying so much? It just at the next checkpoint you revive, so it was. You, you have everything. You have everything. Okay, yeah, so it it's was, not. It's and not. You, exactly. you get all your repair kits back. You get all that stuff back. So it's actually not. It was fast. Like, yeah. That's why you can play it over and over again. It's not a big deal. I feel like yeah, for like so, like Souls games, it, it is also like yes, you have to get your stuff, but you also you can pick it back up like fairly quickly. Like you're not like backtracking forever just to get back to the boss. So that's pretty good. Um, yeah, and then and then you get and then I can see where the the tinkering and the customization gets really deep because I just got like three different parts and I was like comparing all the different stats and kind of trying different things out a little bit. I can see how that can just really be like a rabbit hole. Yeah. I immediately made my robot pink, so that's exciting. Oh, you can do that right away. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. There's a lot of different colors and cool. I like, saw the, the Kirby. I really want made. the Kirby, and you can do a custom design. So yeah, yeah. you can do. I, can I? Can add you download? import? Can you import? Yeah, I don't know. I think you must be able to because I've seen people like posting them. Okay, maybe I should try that because I really want the Kirby Robobot mech. That's awesome. It's my one of my favorite games, so I can't wait to do that or like make one or something. But you can do a lot of customization. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I kind of stopped there because I was like, I'm going to stop on a high note because it, it <laughs> might get really hard after this. But I was really proud of myself. I was like, oh, I could do this. It's really fun. I have a very specific question that maybe only I care about. Okay. How big is the mech? You you are pretty big like in comparison to some of the regular enemies that you're fighting. Uh -huh. But I felt pretty small compared to that do you see, But do you see like, oh, here's I'm next to a skyscraper and I'm... We, this the, big. the area that we were in, that I was in was like pretty like a ruined like a dystopian right. landscape, but you look you look pretty big. Okay, like it's like Transformers big. It's like twenty feet. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think twenty, fifteen or twenty feet. But need to accurate. understand the mech size scale that we have. Yeah. In this game, you don't feel small and you don't feel not powerful. Right. You right. do feel like you're capable. Okay. Even at the beginning. Nice. You're like, no, I. I have I have missiles. Like I'm I can do this. Good. I feel good. I'm fast. I got boosts. I can fly around. I got jetpack. You know, I feel good. Yeah, I wonder how much when you get into the customization. Because I'm sure there are some builds that are better than others. Well, I was reading a lot about that, and there was like, okay, this is the boss, this is the boss shredder build that you guys need. Yeah. And it's like all these different things. I was like, oh. Because you could probably take a hard game and make it way harder if you gave yourself a bad build, but you may not realize it. Right. And this game's impossible now. I know. And now it's just, it's one of those things where you get deep into that research yeah, again. Yeah, like right. I always had to do that with Elden Ring. Right. How do you get new parts? It like, seems like. Is it random drops or what? It, nobody was dropping parts. Like none yeah, of the, the tutorial I'm enemies, sure is different. But like the, um, the boss fight dropped a bunch of parts. Mm. So I, I wonder if it's because when you fight a boss, you get more yeah. or it maybe, I don't know, once you get into the main yeah, game. Yeah, I'd be curious to see that. There's, it's mission-based too. Right. So maybe like at the end of each mission, you get like a reward. I don't know. So I need to okay. look into that more. I'm going to keep playing though. It's, it's I'm definitely really, intrigued. It looks beautiful. It really does. It looks. You're playing on PS5. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. <clears throat> really, really beautiful game. Nice. Yeah. That's exciting. It is exciting. You are really keeping true to your, your claim of playing all these games. I told you. Way to go. Let's get into the news. It was Gamescom late last week and into the weekend. We got a bunch of Gamescom stories to get us started. The PlayStation Portal, previously known as... What was the PlayStation Q? Project Q. Project Q. Project Q, that yeah. was it. Is no more. PlayStation Portal is the thing. PSP. PSP. Think of that. 
so this is coming out this year. It's going to cost $199. <clears throat> and they had a lot of videos showing off. They let people play it. It mm -hmm. looks like it's going to have, you know, the same sort of um, resistant triggers yeah. and feedback the haptic of stuff. the PS5 controller. Mm -hmm. But as far as the functionality, like it, it really is just what they were saying it was going to be. Right. <clears throat> which is a portal into remote play right. um, on the PS5. So I guess it really comes down to how you feel about $200 to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I will say that I really love the remote play Yes. For PlayStation, it works really well. I tried it recently on the the computer because I did, actually didn't even know that they had an app for that. Yeah, I I play it almost. It's kind of buried on a random Sony website. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it works because um, I was on like, because I I had one time where I wanted to do Diablo on that, but I was like, eh, I don't know if on my phone it might be too small and too tricky, and I tried it on my laptop. It was great. Yeah. So that's definitely a very good service, but there's. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. A lot of gizmos out there. A lot of them let you just use your PS5 mm -hmm. controller. So yeah. I am skeptical that this will be uh, anything substantial. Yeah, it seems like there's so many different options for you between, you know, yeah, con just connecting your laptop or your, your tablet um, or, you know, using what you were doing with the backbone. Yeah. The phone that Backbone's great. works really well. Um, and it obviously is a much cheaper and or free solution if you already have a laptop, right? Um, so yeah, I do wonder about this um, and how, you know, sort of what niche it's filling or what need is filling for people if you can, you can already do it all, all these other ways. I mean, Sony seems to know that this streaming stuff is going to be important, cloud gaming, whatever you want to call it, but yeah. they seem to be struggling to really find the appropriate entry point into it. Because remember, yeah. they, they a few years ago, they acquired all these streaming companies and, and cloud companies, and they didn't really do all that much with them. Um, they do have those games, mostly like uh, PS3 games, because they can't properly emulate those that they need to do through streaming. Yeah. But this it, it just has been sort of an awkward step into this world for them. Yeah, yeah, and... I I, I agree. I think that this is the future. It's inevitable for us to get there, but how and how clean that's going to look seems to be a little bit trickier than maybe what people thought when we the, started this foray. Into the good, cloud the good thing, the thing that's working in their favor is, and and this was something that Microsoft was sort of owning up to in the acquisition of um, Activision was like, it's actually not that big now. So I don't see this being a huge this-gen proposition. Like, there will be some people like us who are willing yeah. to, you know, find the best way to do it and try out different interfaces mm -hmm. and different devices. But it feels like next generation is where it's going to be more integrated, more front and center, more for the regular player to want yeah. to engage with. So in a sense, like, yeah, if they're kind of feeling things out with a device like this and maybe understanding the market and what people are willing to pay for something like this. It's a good experience. Maybe that's okay. I, yeah. That said, I'm absolutely not going to buy one. Yeah, I don't think I need it, honestly, because right. I, I usually will play on my laptop and it works perfectly fine. I don't mind carrying around my yeah. and controller. And the thing, that's the thing that they are like, oh, well, and you get the official, you know, Sony controls. It's like, mm -hmm. well, I can do that with my... Your controller the PS5 controller that I have now. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Exactly. exactly. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So 
interesting stuff. I'll be uh, I'll be interested to learn more about like what, what yeah. kind of the people who buy this. Like, what is it that? Well, tell us if you makes, plan on yeah. buying this. I want to know why and, and what what sort of right. need it's filling for you. You know, it kind of remind again the the PSP. Um, naming kind of reminded me of the PSP Go. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. So that was a late that. that was a late generation version of the PSP that kind of had the same problem where it was a digital only piece of hardware at a time where the, right. the idea of going digital only was crazy. It was, it was insane. Like, what no what no do you way. mean digital yeah. only? Who's going to do that? I want to have these UMDs. I have all these UMD movies. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. <laughs> I need to watch Shrek on Every my UND movie. UMD ever. What am I going to do? Um, and it didn't really take off, but it was, again, an early step towards these sort of technological Advances evolution. Advances yeah. You just kind of have to work these out. Like, yeah. Like, you're not going to have it perfect when you, on when the you first take try, on the first try, you know? Exactly. So maybe, maybe that's an apt comparison point yeah for, i don't know interesting we'll see. to see how this goes in the next like hardware generation though yes because I, I think it is going to be part of our future you know yeah yeah uh this next door is very interesting so oh yeah our guy phil spencer was at gamescom wheeling and dealing in, oh, yeah. in the private meeting rooms so we got this tweet from uh larian studios kind of in the moment and i'll just read it super happy to confirm that after meeting Phil Spencer, yesterday, we found a solution that allows us to bring Baldur's Gate 3 to Xbox players this year still, something we've been working towards for quite some time. My. All improvements will be there with split-screen co-op on Series X. Series S will not feature <gasps> split-screen co-op. That's us! But will also include cross-save progression between Steam and Xbox Series. So, yeah, this game is coming out... Um, is it next week? Very soon on PS5. You know, fully featured with same features as the PC version, which has been out now for a couple weeks. Yeah. They're, the Xbox version is just TBD. Right. And they've been very clear of saying... We're like you know, working we through some stuff. We have this co-op feature, split-screen co-op, which is a big part of the game. We cannot get it to work on the Series S. So we don't know what to do. And... People have been pointing out this guideline that um, Microsoft has, which says any major feature in your game, you need to ship it that it'll work on both, on both versions yeah. of the Xbox series. So right. they're so like, we, we don't know what to do. We, we, you know, we'll keep trying, but we can't release the game until we get a solution for this. So, you know, Phil did, did a boss move here. And, and said, it's he, okay. He found a solution. Give you a pass. Yeah, and I mean, some people were really like throwing the book at Phil at like, hey, like these are your rules. You can't do it. I was like, well, guess what? I can break the rules. I'm, He's the I'm, boss. I'm Phil Spencer. He's I'll do what charge. I want. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, clearly you could see sort of the, the calculations that were going through his head mm -hmm. where it's like, this is a strategically important title for Xbox. Yeah. Um, one that our competitor is going to get a lot of mileage out of and is going to use yeah. as a talking point against Starfield. It is very advantageous for us to have this. At least great, in some function. Right. Great piece of, of software yeah. on here. So in this case, I will Make bend, an exception. bend the rule. This point about the uh, cross-save progression, maybe that was the compromise point 
that they came up with where it's like sure. you need to do some other thing. I don't know if that is... I actually don't know if that's in the PS5 version or not. Um, but maybe that was the olive branch. I was like, all right, fine. We'll do something else to make up for this omission. Uh-huh. We are both Xbox Series S owners. We are. I'll ask you again. How do you feel about this? It's a PS5. Huh? It's a PS5. Well, I'm definitely getting the PS5 version. I was always going to get the PS5 version. That's true. Right. You were always going to. I was always going to get the PS5 version as well. I mean, that's how that's how we how both of us really look at multi-platform games. Right. Is unless there's some great reason to get it on Xbox, we'll we'll get it on PS5. Right. Right. And of course, Game Pass is is our main thing on or, the, on the Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, the Series S, I've had had no complaints about the power of the system, the way the games look and function, yeah. you know, Game Pass, all of that stuff works great. It is a teensy bit disappointing, I will say, that this is a pretty big part of the game. You know, you and I are going to be playing co-op on this for this game. So it, it feels a little bit disappointing that it doesn't work across all of the Xbox series. Oh. That's, what, that's how I feel. What are you going to do, though? Nothing. I'm playing on a PS5. What, what, was there some other solution you would have liked to see them explore? No, I, 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 if they can't figure it out, then that's that's what it is. It's just too bad, you know? Yeah, I wonder how that gets communicated out beyond a tweet from the top guy at Larian. Exactly. Because yeah, that, is, that is important if you're, if you're not following along to Right, what if you did get it and you thought tweets? it would work? Yeah, you're like, oh, oh, I've heard of Baldur's Gate. I'll play that with so-and-so. And then it doesn't work. There has to be like a giant disclaimer, like on the on will the not work on series game page or on the box or yeah, yeah. Whatever. I mean that's yeah. like a that's not just like some little function of the game that yeah, it's, is omitted. It's, big. it's a big part of the game that you cannot experience if you're playing on this system. So. Right. Also at Gamescom, there's a lot of scuttlebutt about how developers are not happy that the Series S exists and that how this <gasps> this is. Holding them back oh, it's from like a their bait, a thorn in their side, from their kind of great thing? development aspirations. Okay, interesting. On the Xbox, having to deal with this lowest Whoa. common denominator oh, piece of hardware. Okay, no, I understand that. How do you feel about that? I'm not a developer, but I feel like that would be really difficult. Like if you had aspirations to make this game, and you know it's going to function great on an X, on PS5, um, gosh, that would be a PC. That would be. That would be disappointing. Like, you're like, oh, I'm missing out on this huge platform. You know, I want to have my game available on as many platforms as possible, but now you can't. That kind of sucks. I'm going to... You're Googling, I'm Googling frantically. I'm trying to find out what percentage of the Xboxes that have been sold are Series S. I can't find this out. Who knows? That's going to be hard. That, but, so, yeah. I think the flip side to that is... You know, that is a major part of the people who own a current generation Xbox. Yeah. So I think it's like, yeah, that's a potential consumer, a potential player for your game. Right. So I think you might need to, instead of just being like, oh, this is this is holding me back, this stinks. It's like... Find a way? Maybe embrace it. Um, I do wonder who, also, like, as we're thinking about this, like, who is the person that buys a Series S and who is the person that buys a Series so S? So why did we buy a Series S? Well, you bought mine for me, so why did you buy it for me? Well, I bought a Series S because at the time it was impossible to get a Series X. There you go. 
very famously, I was I had a deal set with a, a mutual friend of ours, you know who. Oh, that who person. said, "Hey, I, I have your hand. I, I have I am getting a, an extra Series X. I will I will sell it to you." And I said, "Yes, I want to jump on that." And then the the next day came, and he said, "Yeah, I don't have it." <laughs> And at that point, this was like right before Halo Infinite came out, and I would and I was starting to get the FOMO, so I was like, I was playing Halo Infinite with all of our other friends. I don't care. Series S. I don't care. I'll just buy the Series S because that was that's what was available. Yeah. And I honestly have not felt like I've missed out. Right. One bit. I don't. I I haven't either. I I think I think we are both in the category of people who can't really tell the difference of 4K versus 1080. I really can't. So I honestly just have this thing set to 1080. Don't at me. It looks great. Um, I haven't seen games that run like weird or badly on it. So it's been fine. I mean, certainly it's not as powerful as the Series X, but it does seem like that has been an important part of the generation for Xbox of, of right. ha- being able to have these two options. And Phil said, also at Gamescom, he's like, this enables us to not have to do price cuts because we already have the low-priced option. Yeah. So that's an interesting way to look at it too. Right, right. So, yeah, I can understand on one hand, yes, you know, if I'm trying to make a really high-spec game that needs to be multi-platform, sure. this is hard. But it's also, again, like this. This is an opportunity. Look at it as an opportunity. It's definitely an opportunity. I think he, my point of asking that question is, I wonder if there's almost like a different audience that owns a Series S beyond the fact that you couldn't get it. Maybe this is per, this is a person that's like slightly more casual and and, and looking at different types of games. You know, well, I think there are probably a lot of again a lot of people like us who also are, are have the PS Five yeah. and just need something for Game Pass. Yeah. So you have this like audience using it for a different purpose that you might want to be thinking about when you're developing games, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because that becomes like, you know, if your game fits the, that criteria, that's an automatic buy for right. them or Game Pass thing for them on Series S. Key stats of the X and S. You're, you I'm not going to find this out. If, any, if, anybody, if anybody knows the percentage of, of Xbox sales that are X versus S, please leave a comment. Benji. You <laughs> Benji. Somebody. Help us. All right. Uh, let's move on. This is not a Gamescom story, but it is a bummer. BioWare. Uh, remember them? Oh, yeah. They have laid off 50, 50 people not 50%. from their staff, which I was shocked to, to learn later. That is 20% of their workforce. Why is their workforce so teensy? I was surprised that they did not have more people than that. Gosh. So their statement was... In order to meet the needs of our upcoming projects, continue to hold ourselves to the highest standards of quality, and ensure Bioware can continue to thrive in an industry that's rapidly evolving, we must shift towards a more agile and more focused studio. It will allow our developers to iterate quickly, unlock more creativity, and form a clear vision of what we're building before development ramps up. So basically, in order to make these games, we need to get rid of everybody who would make it. (laughs) Got yeah. it. Thank you. No, qu- there'll be no such questions. An interesting way of. <laughs> I mean, there's ne- there's never a good way to write these. There's never a the, good way the to poor, write the poor the poor communications person who had to get to who sign like to write, write the statement. Iterate on this like statement that's just gonna be bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's it's lame, but it, it is. It comes what, down to money. Though. It is what it is. Yeah, we all know. So then it came out. There were some pretty notable people who got um, laid off. off. So there was the person who was the lead writer of Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 from a long time ago. Whoa. Uh, the person who was the lead writer of the first three Dragon Age games. I really had to remind myself that there had been three Dragon Age games. 
The Dragon Age 2 was great. Like what? That was a great game. So Dragon Age Inquisition, that one game of the year, pretty widely. And I remember that. I think that's that, the one. Was that two? That's three. That's the third Dragon Age. Okay, then that's the one that I like. In 2014, I think that won like Game Awards and all the other. It kind of swept Game yeah, of the Year. Swept though. it. 2014. So and then and then I was checking like when was the last Mass Effect? So that came out in 2012, oh my God, which it's is a lot so long, a lot longer than I thought. So what are they working on right that's now? That's the thing. It's like I actually haven't look at that up. I haven't touched a a, um, a Bioware game in so in long. over 10 years, really. Yeah. Like, let's look what, at, what, are, what are their upcoming projects? What is Bioware's well, they, upcoming So projects? they have a Dragon Age and a Mass Effect game in development. Okay. Um, but, you know, when you don't have anybody working there, it's going to take a while to make those. Yeah. So let's look at their um, development history here. Oh, boy, this is very long. Um, 2020s. Um... This is come on Wikipedia, but anyway, that's what they have. Okay. They've sort of off. Four a Mass Effect. Oh, they've offloaded the, the work edition. on the. They still have the Star Wars MMO, but they've mostly offloaded that to sort of an external oh, I see. company okay. to help with that. But they had. I remember they had Anthem, which was the game that kind of broke them. That that live service game oh, that yeah. was a major major investment and also and, like a just a resource suck i think yeah and yeah it, and, and they, you know there's it's well chronicled that that game was just a mess in terms of development so it's a bummer because they are really one of the legends of kind of this this new era of role-playing games yeah um, that's too bad and you look at like the legacy of you know baldur's gate 3 like hey they did baldur's gate 1 and 2 so you kind of think you kind of wonder about this alternate reality where they just kept down that path maybe they were the ones making baldur's gate 3 but could it could and leaving but could Baldur's Gate 3 be what it is today if they made it versus Larian? We don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, clearly they, they, I mean, first of all, EA owns them. So they are being, they're getting a lot they of marching, marching orders from EA and of make this kind of game. So they moved away from that style of, you know, more PC oriented RPG to make something that has more of a mass appeal. And then Anthem, honestly, I didn't play Anthem. I don't, it doesn't strike me as a real RPG type of game. It just seems like a, like a Destiny it does, Lo looter yeah. shooter type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, so I they moved in a completely different direction. It just hasn't worked out. I don't think it's paid off for them yet. So it's sad because wow. they, they were there. They were you know really. They were like the pioneers. A legendary of studio. Of, yeah, it's unfortunate to think about that. They might not be making those kinds of game, games anymore, or they might just take a lot longer to make those kinds of games because they're. And you also think of like is so again tiny. now that you've laid off all these like people who were there from the beginning. It's like, who who is at this studio? And do they have any connection to these, these old games old that were games. actually great? Yeah. I don't know. Their it's legacy like, is like, you've severed it at this point. Yeah, what is Bioware? I don't know. They did also infamously make that Sonic the Hedgehog DS game. Oh, yeah. Why Which people say is good. People say it is good. That was a zany... That's a very weird, That like, was extremely Out of left field, yeah. And zany at the time. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's so sad. I hope everything is... Ugh. Oh, here we go. List of Bioware video games. Let's see what we got coming up. So, uh... That go down in 2020. Or whatever. 2020. Mass Effect Andromeda, that was a mess. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anthem. And yeah, then they have these two. Dragon Age, Dreadwolf, Dreadwolf. and new, new Mass Effect, both of which are TBA. So the last thing they released was in 2021. And that was just a re-release of, re of Mass Effect. The Mass Effect trilogy. Mass Effect was so good. 
I know you, I, you, you cringe when I tell you to play Mass Effect. Well, I'm not going to play it now if the studio's on shaky <sighs> ground. Well, play the first three. Those games are incredible. And that was like, Maybe. oh my gosh. You know, I might, be, I might be able to enjoy it now. I'm a different person than I was back then. Oh, really? Now I'm like into like these kinds of games. Oh, okay. So. Well, that's exciting. Anyways. We need to move on. That is the news. Now into some questions from our Patreon community. We get them all from Patreon. And we're starting with Mike Chen. What is your favorite video game title screen? Very to the point. Oh, video game title screen. I think I like the title screens for the games that have a very unique art style. So like Yoshi's Woolly World, um, Kirby's Canvas, well, no, what is that one? Kirby's Canvas Curse. Canvas Curse, right. yeah, Kirby's That's Canvas a game. Curse. Sure. Uh, Paper Mario. Like, those are really nice because you can right away get a sense of, like, oh, this is, like, a very different way to look at a Yoshi game or a Mario game. Um, yeah, so I think those ones are my favorite. I have a slam dunk answer to this. Do you know what it is? Cruising Blast? Title screen, not title song. I know, but that title screen's pretty no, good. No, it's strictly the music. It, let me give you a hint. It is my screen I have on every single device that I own. Oh, Metroid. No! Oh, Mega Man. Mega Man 2. Mega Man 2. Mega Man 2. So, yes, I have, like, on my laptop, that's my wallpaper. Yeah, on my phone, that's my, that will yeah. always be my wallpaper. On you anything like that I can that. customize the wallpaper, it will be that. Okay. It will be that. Okay. I have this artwork framed in my house, too. Okay. It will be that. You so really it's like, like Mega that. Man on the skyscraper. I gave you that frame piece. Great. Thank you. Uh, with the, well, you don't even know what it is. With the helmet off, the I hair the hair flowing, looking out at night over the, the city. The city, yeah. There's something that extremely resonates with me. You like a night cityscape. I really do. You, you like know, the you know the thing I, I think I, I, I like to see like. this in real life too. When you look out and the, some buildings have those flashing like red lights on it. I yeah. think it's so like planes it's don't, planes don't, don't crash. Yeah. But I really like that. Yeah. I remember yeah. one time I stayed at a hotel in Tokyo and Tokyo I, has a lot of and those. I just like spend so much time like looking out the window and just like staring at the cityscape getting, and those, you're and those getting pulsing like, lights. You're getting like hypnotized. You kind of do. Yeah. So I, I can't explain it. I don't know what it is, but that... That is an aesthetic that is extremely like that. my vibe. I, I get it. Okay. Yes. All right. Good answer. Frulio asks, do you see... Oh, I can't wait to hear you talk about this. Do you see a future where Nintendo replaces human voice actors for AI voice? Oh. For example, could you see Mario's voice lines be yeah. AI generated? What about Link, Kirby, and Pikachu? Yeah, yeah. Well, for Link, it's easy for your computer to make no sound at all. No sound so. at all. Yeah, that's good. And the Pikachu is easy because you make one sound, just yeah. Pikachu. Now, we have, Pika. I think we have extremely different perspectives on this. Yeah, I could, I know you don't think this is possible at all. I feel like you think that this is just like, there's no way this could ever happen. Is that right? I think it's unlikely, but you think I, I know unlikely. you think it is. So tell us why. Yeah, I, I do think it's, I don't think maybe you know, 100% everything is going to be AI generated. But I do think that Nintendo would be open to new kinds of technology and options. This will definitely allow them to have that level of control that they really like to have and take out, take out of the equation the volatile part of working with another human and not wanting to work with other humans at all because humans can go off and do things that they don't like, you know? Um, yeah, and, you know, I, I, I can see them at least considering that option. Okay. 
I think, you know, I see Nintendo as a, as a company that really believes in like the human element of these creations. And you, you know, you can, you can expand that out to like, well, they're a Kyoto based company when Kyoto is very much about craftsmanship and the connection between the craftsmen and the thing that they are creating. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that kind of mentality is very unique in that region and it's something that Nintendo feels strongly about. So I, I don't see them like jumping on this. It's like, yes, this, this, is, this is potentially a solution to this, but I see them kind of having, being at opposition to, to what that offers of like, yes, we, we are these, these are handcrafted experiences um, that we can tinker with and perfect um, to our liking. And I don't, I don't really see this meeting that need. Whether it ever happened in the future, I don't know, but I think right now this is this is the mindset. I think also I think they also realize, you know, they're they're very careful about their image. So I think they understand that going from Charles Martinet to a robot would be a huge PR a hit. Huge PR. Right. And people would be so mad. Yeah, more they know mad that. than they know if that. they if they have um what's his face do it? Chris Pratt. <laughs> what will make them more mad? Chris Pratt or an AI voice? I, I just We've completely of... reread and misread the room. Right. <laughs> We're going from Chris Pratt to a to, robot. To a robot. I do kind of get the sense though, and I don't know if you do, that, and I totally agree with you about this Kyoto sense of craftsmanship, and they've the developers have talked about this before, but I get the sense that voice acting is like separate from that, that, you know, development true development like i think true game development the way that they really you know have the, these development teams that are like kind of locked in this ivory tower in kyoto and they have like the kind of like a very almost like an innocent untainted mind and they just sit in that white room and do the thing like that i think is what they want to preserve but i always thought voice acting was one of those things where they found to be like a little bit outside of that you know like voice acting has been used um, or like the, the way they consider voice acting is like, oh, you know, for the movie, like we can get some celebrities involved in this or like for games is almost like an afterthought because a lot of Nintendo games aren't voice at all. So I just wonder if they kind of see voice acting as outside of the development experience. I don't know. Well, they, I mean, they do seem very eyes open about the fact that development is changing and expanding. They're building this whole new building to house all these people. And I think with that will come different expectations about how these characters are represented. I think if you think of the old days where, you know, it's like Link going, <laughs> it's like, well, who's the voice actor for that? I don't know because who cares? It's somebody, somebody inside of Nintendo. Somebody did it, but again, yeah. who cares? It's nothing. I mean, fine, use, use a computer for that. I don't care. Yeah, Treehouse, <laughs> Nate Builder doing the sploosh right. for Wind Waker, you know? It's like, they don't care. Right, yeah. but I mean, if, if you're doing something that in involves somebody speaking a complete sentence, I think you do want a person. I think, you know, that is a performance. There, There is art and, and technique and skill in that. Yeah, I, I totally think right, so, too. Right, right. So I, th I think maybe that was the way they looked at it in the past, but I think the, the people in charge are, are hopefully moving in a, in a direction where there's a bigger a bigger sense for this for, for certain franchises. Yeah, I wonder. I really wonder. Yeah. If there's so much up in the air for like what this means for the future of entertainment. Yeah, I, I do mm -hmm. wonder what it's mm -hmm. going to be like. Yeah. 
Ale Alejandro is next. Hey, Kit and Krista, I've been reading up a lot on Baldur's Gate 3 to see if I'd like it, and there's a lot of talk about how different decisions, actions, and conversations you do or even don't do can have lasting impacts on the rest of the game. I have a huge issue with decision paralysis, and part of it comes to thinking of things like the butterfly effect, where even something small and insignificant can have significant or insignificant consequences later on. For example, this community grew into what it is now because Nintendo closed the office you two worked in. Nintendo Minute ended and you both left and started your own podcast. How do the two of you deal with decision paralysis both in real life and in games? And do you dwell on the what ifs of the choices you didn't make? Whoa, this took a turn that Better I did help. not expect. <laughs> Ale Alejandro. Um, yeah, I. This I is do. why you lay awake at night. I do. I have a list in my head of decisions that I may have <laughs> mistakes. Mis- mistakes I've made. I'm sure I've made many mistakes along the way. Um, yeah, I think this is a real thing. You know, this idea of like big and small decisions in your life that can have kind of unforeseen consequences or unforeseen like wonderful things. I do feel like you and I are pretty good about not letting it paralyze us though. I think that's something that we both admire about each other. Like you're very good at this, I know. Like you will make a decision and you just be like, this is it. We're gonna go with this and we're just gonna see it through, you know, and we're not gonna dwell on the what ifs. as things come, you know, things will change. It's fine. And I, I think that that's a good perspective to have. You know, you don't want to miss out on opportunities because you've, you're like just so incapable of like taking this step, you know? Um, the other thing that we talk about all the time, I think, is Reggie's lesson to all of us about like, don't forget to look at like the alternate solution like don't get so fixated on this one thing that you have that you think that there's no other possibilities no other alternatives except for that one thing because that's not true I think life is all about all the alternatives um so I think about that a lot you know when I think about big decisions um on a lighter note in games I always actually do one thing is I always do the um the right Decision. Like uh, I, I always do the morally good. Every game? Every game. Really? Every game I'm always, I, I choose the morally, quote unquote, morally good, huh. the nice path, the nice person. So path. in contrast to your real life. Exactly. I see. That's how I, how I reconcile my, my evil life with my black heart. And in games, I'm always like the, the good person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on one hand, YOLO could be a solution to all of this. <laughs> um, on the other hand... I mean, in, in games, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of trust that the game is, is made to um, accept a white, you know, certain, the games that allow for it, it's made for you to take a lot of different paths. So, right. I, so I don't stress it. It's like, yeah. I'll, I'll have a different experience, but yeah. I'll, I'll have a complete experience. We, we do talk about it with each other a lot when we play a game with different choices. Like, oh, what did you do? Yeah. You remember that game, um, was it Control that yeah, we played? Yeah. We really, like, had a, a lot of fun seeing what each other's decisions were and like what happened at the end. So that's always fun in a game when you make different decisions. Yeah, and um, you know, something like Baldur's Gate takes that to another degree where where it's extremely granular. I think that's kind of fun. I think it's cool. And I think that leads to a lot of fun like, you know, telling telling a friend like, hey, this thing, this this, this crazy thing happened to me. I can't believe it. Um, With 
the real life stuff, it's like, you know, we, we have seen people who really are wrapped up in this and like, they kind of like defer the decision. Like they don't make the decision. Yeah. We have a lot of people in our life And it's like, that's, like that. that's, that's, that's a tough way to be. So yeah. I think it's you like, you see it taking a toll on them. Yeah. As well. It's like, well, having, having, coming to some decision is better than no decision. Yes. So let's, you know, do what we can to make a smart decision and, and, yeah. and, you know, feel like, you know, we have conviction that it's the right decision. Um, and then, and then really commit to it. So, yeah. And if it's not, you just learn something from it too. Right. Nothing is going to like be the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be okay. So. Just make... Are you sure? I think so. <laughs> some, some decisions are pretty important. I mean, some of them are pretty important, but I think at the end of the day, you're going to be okay. Okay. Like you're not going to like, it's not going to like destroy Good your pep life. Talk. You know? YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO is uh, the way to Jason go. Ball 34 <laughs> asks... In the Nintendo Power podcast, Rest in Peace, they had oh. a segment where the participants had to guess a game oh, that yeah. came out X number of years ago based on the clues given. What was it called? The warp... The, um, darn it. Warp quiz? quiz? Some, warp, some, something quiz. Warp zone? Warp zone, yes. Uh, why warp were these, zone quiz. Why were these clues always ridiculously easy? Oh, Was really? it because legal was afraid it would make them look bad if their employees actually got mm-hmm. stumped while live on air? Why were they seemingly unwilling to give people, listeners included, an actual challenge? Well, I thought some of them well, were pretty hard. People almost always got stumped, and it drove me nuts. I was not. I didn't get stumped. I did not get stumped. Like the amount of people, like who, who you would think would know, like people from the treehouse, like I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I wasn't. What? 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 Really get a good look into to, like, the, the knowledge. Yeah. Uh, fake gamers. Historic. With I'm, a not, Z? I'm not saying that. Fake. I'm not saying that. You're I'm just saying, I'm just saying I, I got pretty much all of them right. I got all of them right. Uh, I didn't have an issue. I thought that some of them were challenging, though, because I wasn't alive during those years. <laughs> so that was hard because I wasn't there. You're um, not 18. I know, but there were some that were really old. I wasn't alive like in like the 60s. Sorry. 60s? It's 10, 20, 30 years. I wasn't alive. I wasn't like, alive. I wasn't alive. It's a baby. I was a baby. I Anyhow. was like one. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, so So Chris Slate, this was definitely something he was, you know, in charge of. And yeah. he actually, he actually had a good, he had some sort of documentation of just like, here are the release dates for all the games, which right. strangely at Nintendo was very like, hard to find. Difficult to find. He's like, I got this from so-and-so. I'm holding on to it from as tightly life. as I can. Yeah. So I think he wanted to strike a, a sweet spot where for some people it would be a challenge, um, but not such an insane challenge yeah. where it's like, nobody would know that. And yeah, I think there's definitely a group of people where it, it was easy, but you know, it was... It was meant to serve, as with all things Nintendo, serve serve a broad audience. Five to ninety-five. Oh, the grand, bring, grandma bring grandma needs to not feel dumb. Hey, when you grandma, ask her we're about... coming from Nintendo Live, and then I'm quizzing you on all these quizzes. Warp zone quizzes. You better get grandma, them all right, grandma. Grandma. Yeah. Um, but it was not a legal thing because legal did no. not care if we looked. And, <laughs> and they got them wrong all the time. And they did. <laughs> Lady Katie asks. Hi guys, was listening to you talk about Diablo 4 and how Krista likes to play a sorcerer. It made me wonder what her race and class were in World of Warcraft. I still play WoW casually. I play a human fire mage because I also tend to like casters. So, what did Krista play as? And of course, Horde or Alliance. Thanks! That's so cool! Oh, I want to play WoW now a little bit. You're making, you're making me think back <laughs> to my good memories. Uh, Alliance, of course. I was a night elf priest 
I love playing casters as well. I also had a fire mage, um, like a secondary character, but my main character was my um, night elf priest named Arena. She, um, I, I like playing support classes, honestly, when, with these kinds of group games. I hate, I would hate to be like responsible as like a tank or something like that, because I just, I think I would fail people and they would be mad if I was the one that was supposed to be like in charge of that and couldn't, couldn't, couldn't live up to it. I think it's a lot of pressure. Um, so I, I quite like playing the um, support characters. The other thing I was looking at when I was choosing my character for a while, it was like my, one of my first MMOs that I've ever played and I read, read up that like, oh, almost every raid, every group needs a priest. So you'll be e it'll be easy for you to find people to play with. And I was like, oh, that's good. Cause I don't want to be like left. I, I don't want to be like in the, like looking for a group and no one like picks you. Like that, that's sad. <laughs> so I was very useful. You know, I would, um, I, I was a holy priest. So I would do like all the res and all the healing and stuff like that. And I was very, very useful to all the groups I was part of. So it was fun. Horde or alliance? I said alliance. Oh, I, I definitely zoned out while you were answering that question. <laughs> so fun. I miss my wild days so much. I miss wild. Wow. I, just, like I a, just completely missed such it. Such a moment in my life where I just like fell in love with a different kind of video game. I've been like playing Nintendo still there? games my, my whole life. Still go back. I know I can go back. Yeah. Is it, Would your character still be there? I sold my character. You sold it? Yeah. To who? On and for how internet. much? Oh, really? Just a random person. A lot of money. A lot of money. She had a full, her, her gear was wow. really good. Oh, that's I interesting. I sold her for like $5,000, something like that, which was a lot of money. Whoa. It's a lot of money now, and I was in college, so I was like. Five big ones. I was like, this is worth it to me. I, I was <gasps> so, like, badly. Was, it, was this like, I also need to. Get this out of my life. I did, yeah. This is a toxic thing, though. It was a little bit toxic yeah. towards the end. Like I was not doing anything else. <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, have like an addictive personality, oh, no. so I, I really did need to like just get rid of it. Too bad. I know it was so fun though. Yeah. I really enjoyed that time in my life. It was fun. Hmm. Lori Yu is next. Hey, Kit and Krista, longtime listener but new to the Patreon community. Welcome, Lori. Welcome. Yu. I was talking to some friends about open world games and the topic came up of older series transitioning to open world. It worked great for Zelda with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, but it definitely wouldn't work for all classic games. My question is, is there any series you would like to see attempt at making an open world game? Also, is there any series you would never that you think would never work in an open world format? I have one game that oh, I keep thinking about good. that would be an interesting open world game that would feel different than maybe other open world games. And oh, that I can't game wait to hear this. Donkey Kong. Okay. I think that would be so cool to have like a open world. You still can do like the fun, you know, you know, platforming or or whatever. Um, but it'd be fun to have more exploration into like the world of mm. Donkey Kong. I would like to see that. I know because wow. we're very far from a Donkey Kong. So game not right now, not so. Donkey Kong sixty four, but more than that. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. <clears throat> That'd be really cool. Well, I mean, that's the fun of this. Is like there's so many examples where you can kind of play it out in your brain and be like, well, well, you know, put put them in a big world and here's some stuff that you couldn't do before, and that yeah. sounds that sounds fun. Yeah. Exactly. Like like a Splatoon open world game. Like that could be neat mm -hmm. uh, because they're always so like even the single player stuff is so tightly level based. Yeah. Like let's let's give give the inkling some room to explore or and they they built such a really interesting overworld too for yeah. Splatoon. Yeah, that or like a really Star Fox would be is a great example yeah, for this. Star where Fox. it's like you can get in the ship, you can get out of the ship, you can walk around, you can get different ships in this big world. 
um, that would be the kind of big reboot that that series mm-hmm. needs. Yeah. And that could be exciting. Um, I mean, some some that wouldn't work. Like, there's just types of games where it would just be a tedious addition, like a Mar- open world Mario Party. No, thank oh. you. We made open world Nintendogs. We don't need open world Mario Kart. We don't need that. Like, that kind of stuff would be, like... Mm. You want no, open world no, Mario no, I'm thinking about that. That might not be bad. Okay. Maybe I, not I open would... world, but maybe like some sort of a town that you're in where you drive. Oh, there's an overworld? Like, oh, we go, no, go, I don't want that. go to Toad's shop and I'm tuning my car. I'm going to go here and I'm going to no. buy, buy more stuff. No. I could, I could kind of like that. You're in New Donk City. No. You see? I don't want it. That could be fun, actually. I don't want it. I, want it to, I, want, I just want to get into the race. You know? All right, fine. Last question is from Mad Dog 5981 I Kit and Krista, for the new Pokemon Scarlet Violet DLC, Nintendo is promoting that players will be able to catch all of the past, quote, first partner Pokemon. (laughs) I have only ever heard everyone refer to these Pokemon as starter Pokemon until now. To me, this phrase sounds like it was carefully constructed in a marketing meeting for reasons I could never hope to understand. (laughs) Do you have any insight on this? What's wrong with starter Pokemon? They did start using partner Pokemon a couple of this years. This is yeah. Back, this is not a new thing. But it's been hard for them to get people to catch on to this official terminology. But why? Because people like to say starter. Pokemon. No, but why? But why did they feel the need to make the change? I, I'm trying to recall. I never like, got. I never got an answer. To I'm, this. I'm trying to recall back to like I remember being in a meeting where they started to use this phrasing, and I was I was working on a Pokemon game at the time. I think there was like something about like how. If you call it a starter Pokemon, you're basically saying that you will be rid of them. Oh, by the end? Which you will always do. I don't. Oh. <laughs> you do? I mean, I don't... Really? Not always, but not. I'm not hanging on to it for, like, ever. Oh. But, yeah, that was one of the reasons, I believe, is that, like, when you call it a starter Pokemon, it's like, oh, you're only just going to start okay. the game with it, and you might then not... You ditch it. And then you ditch it for your, like, shinies and your That is something you would do. People do it! You gotta have a good tight six. What are you gonna do? You put to sleep is what you're gonna do. And so, yeah, anyhow. So then the partner Pokemon became phrasing that they liked better because it's like, this is your partner for your whole adventure. Like, you really want to get attached to this character, this Pokemon um, that you start your game with, but it's not just who you start your game with. But it is, a, to your point, it is absolutely a very carefully constructed marketing term. I remember when we first started like getting used to saying partner Pokemon, it was like, very awkward because everyone called it starters for so long that it was just like a strange transition to, to say like partner Pokemon. And it's clearly something that means means nothing to nobody. It means nothing to nobody. It, it basically. And this is, but this is a phrase that people now are like really emotionally attached to too. So it's yeah. like super hard to change. Just change it. Exactly. There's and, resistance and to I changing it. I don't think it. people even ever thought that starter Pokemon. I mean, if, if it's meant, not even been noticed until now. Yeah. Years later. Right. And I don't. I, I honestly like the problem they manufactured to rename it partner Pokemon, which which. You know, is, is that idea that you would get rid of these Pokemon? I don't think people care or whatever. Fix your game. Do that first. The glitches, though. I don't want to hear about your Pokemon endgame meta strats. Because you're going to... I don't want to hear about it. I'm going to beat you. You just don't... You don't I don't play, play that. I don't play that. You don't play it I don't play that. that po- you know, I don't play Pokemon that way. You don't like to play it like I that. I play single player only. Okay. 
Those are our, our questions for the week. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. It's time to shout out some wonderful Patreon superstars. How our exciting. superstars tier. Here we go. Aaron Hash. Ben Eichhorn. Maru Mayhem. Eigenverse. Kiss My Flapjack. Mike Chin. Mr. Rogers. White Eschke. So witching it up, underscore. Spazon. The Shark, among men. VGM Life. Link, the hero of friends. Angela Bycroft. Inner Pig Molly. Turbocharging Earth. Thomas O'Rourke. Kyle LaBeouf. Christopher Lara. Simon. Frederick Ulf Conrads. Andrew Yuhas. And Chili. Oh boy. All right. Now in this one-up club, last week I got the coveted Pangy Snozzle combo. Ooh, what's gonna happen the, there, today? There have been we some new know. there have been some new people added, so I don't know if the the flow has been broken up. Oh. I will definitely be excited. We're, we're, we're gonna be on very if I get uh, that again. High patrol for that. Don't try and skip ahead. We also oh. did a super fun one-up club meetup. We did. And we played that that this game called Gartic. Why Phone. is it called Gartic Phone? I Nobody still don't. Knows, I still don't know. But it was very fun, and we had a great time with our one-up club and we superstars. Did. But here we go. Aaron Burgundy. Adam and Ansley. Ale Alejandro. Alexandra Pratt. Astro Dev. Bad Moon Horizon. Ben GB. Bookum Dano. Brad SF56. Brooke Obscura. Brookie Kazooie. Bruce Dash. Shelly Squirrel. Christopher Lay. Captain Alex. Crimcat. C Roper 17. Daniel Cole. Daxon. Dolce. Dino Punch. Elite Peach. Esparts 50. Fart Priest 69. Furbound. Fernie and Jess Forever. Fox Deploy. Fred Rossi. Garrett Hoffish. Garth the Wolf. Gartooth. G Sun 101. Heroic. Ian Shea. Iris Marin. Jay Rando. Jabroni Jones. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jerry, 92602. Jesse Hernandez. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Collette. Jordan Hammerley. Josh, uh, Joseph DeHaze. Joshua Clements. Juji Fruit. Just Camtro. Justin Leminger. Cairo Trigger. Kawa, 2796. Keith Kwan. Kelp Shake. Kevin Delane. Kilo, Kilo Kibo. Krisu. Christopia Party With Me. Kyle Gamer Barry Rookie. Kyle Kretzer. Kyler Nelson. Linnell Stickman. Lennis Sullivan. Lit. Luminous. Mad Dog 5981. Magnificent, magnificent Easy G and Callie Marie. Marky Man 64. Mecha Dragon 101. Megan. Michael Cravens. Mikey. Modamania. Mr. Andy Pong. Mr. Beans and Dip. MSN Pokegamer. Mytran. Nasir. Nathan Burkhart. Uh, Nick E. Ninja 11. Panda Buns. Pangy. <laughs> Paul C. Pace. Paul Gale Network. Prime Factor. Prince Charmless. Raver. Rain Tech. Renee Rivers. Ryeth One. RJ Kern. Rob Osborne. Rocks. Rianetta. Sam Newland. Cypher A. Sharif Jackson. Shinryu. Slowbro. Silly Ferret. Dang it. SF Sharky 777. Snazzle! <laughs> Spicy Munchkin. <laughs> Steel Citrone. Sunny Gaduru. Tales of Link. Tarot Storm. Ah, Terra Storm. Sorry. Thomas Alvarez. Three Rivers. Topher Schmofer. Travis Torline. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tuscoop. Tyler Geis. Bethes. Video Game Stupid. Viridian. Virtual Bot. Weed Kingdom. Wicked Davy. Will Johnson. Zudaverf. Zelgaroth. Zapati. And Zroid. Yes. That's totally like a everybody one two switch game where it's like if you start on Aaron Burgundy and alternate names for fifty names, will you will get you, will you, you get, get Pangy and Snozzle? And then it's like yes or no, <laughs> and then the quiz you fail the quiz and you feel like an idiot. Minus one hundred points for you. 
my god. Yes. By the way, Gartic phone is 1,000 million times better than what everybody went to switch. Yeah, and it it's really. Free. It really is. Oh my lord, the trauma of every time Betty went to switch <laughs> would never die. All right, if you would like to support us, join us um, on patreon.com slash Kit and Krista. There's so many cool exclusives that you get. You get access to our wonderful, you can be part of our wonderful, beautiful community that we do so much with, and it's great. That's right. If you're watching on video, you can go ahead and subscribe to this channel, give this video a thumbs up and leave us a comment. And if you're listening on audio, you can also subscribe, give us a five-star rating and leave us a written review, please. Please. Uh, and we are on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and threads. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy this early podcast. See you soon for some Starfield. Yes. Bye. Bye.